Well, hello, my friends. I'm so glad you could be with me today as we once again immerse ourselves in God's Word in the Unfolding the Word ministry. If you've been with me, you know we're in 1 John. We're now in the last couple of verses of 1 John, drawing our extended study of 1 John to a close. I'm going to pick up the reading today in verse 18 as we look in over these last couple of days in 1 John at the concluding verses, verses 18 to 21 of the fifth chapter. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. In these final verses within 1 John, we're examining once again some critical reminders. The capstone study of the book. Things that we can know. The word know translates, as I shared with you yesterday, that Greek word oidon, adon, which refers to factual knowledge. That in contrast to knowledge that is gained through experience, knowledge that is experiential, uh, emotion, emotive, relational in nature. Uh, some of the other type of knowledge, that Gnostic knowledge, uh, the Bible has already talked about within 1 John, but now he's talking about things that are facts, <coughs> truths, excuse me, that are true in sustaining us, independent of what circumstances may be, independent of how our feelings and emotions of the moment may turn out to be. These are facts that you can plug in the ground, take to the bank, build your life upon. He reminds us of a number of such facts. He reminds us about things that we can know when we encounter trials. He reminds us in these verses about things we can know about the world system in which we find ourselves, our culture. He reminds us that we can know that Jesus Christ has come. And he also reminds us of some important truths about ourselves now as the children of God. Yesterday we began to look in verse 18 at the first of these knowing issues, these factual foundations. And those are things that we can know about trials as they occur within our life as a redeemed believer. We saw already that one of the things we can know is that God, in the midst of trials, will be working to protect us from our own frailty, our own inclination towards stumbling. And we linked that back to the preceding verses of God's loving discipline in the life of his redeemed children. God will not let us be victimized without intervention by our old self, our flesh. We also looked at the second aspect of this protective hand of God, and that God says, I will protect you from the enemy, Satan. I will not allow him to touch you. Now let's pick up our study there. More about safety in the midst of trials. This verse, which says God will not allow Satan to touch us, 
doesn't mean that God prevents Satan from tempting us or seeking to attack us. Uh, the touching, as I looked at yesterday with you, means to grab out of the hand of someone, to take over control of. Satan is clearly the enemy of our soul. Satan's great intention is to cause us grief, to stumble as he seeks to prevent people from ever coming to Christ in the first place. And then he works to try to keep those who have come to Christ from growing in their faith. But one of the things he cannot do in the hand and in the life of the person who has turned to the Lord Jesus Christ is grab them and take them back. That's the essence of the great promise we uh, we encounter back in the Gospel of John, not the epistle, but the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, verses 27 to 29. Let me read those verses to you and remind you of this promise that the Lord Jesus is making to us. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me, and I will give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Snatching out is the idea of grabbing and touching the very thing that First John is reminding us Satan is not able to do. Now, I grant you that times you may feel like you've been grabbed. You may feel like you've been taken back over again. But God says, no, no, that's not true. I will not let Satan pull you from my hand. I'm going to be disciplining in your life, but I'm also going to be protecting you. He will not pull you. No one and nothing can pull you now out of my hand as a redeemed child of God. The same truth we encounter in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. Let me read those verses to you. Uh, because, again, they underscore for us this great promise that we're encountering here in the last part of the fifth chapter of First John. So Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us therefore from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, Satan, fallen, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is saying, this is what you can know. He, the evil one, cannot touch you. He cannot grab you from my hand. Oh, he will tempt you. He will attack you. But he cannot win you.
He cannot take you from my hand. The world around us, other people, and the enemy of our souls, while we certainly will still stumble at times and fail, cannot be successful in pulling us from the hand of God. And even in the disciplinary hand of our Heavenly Father now as His redeemed children, He is the only one who can take us to away from things to be with Him, and He'll do it if that's necessary. But He does promise to protect us. So, what we can know is that God gives us victory over the sin issue. He protects us from ourselves, and he protects us from the enemy of our souls. Isn't that great hope? Well, the second of the things that we encounter in verse 19 is that we can know we are from God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. God will protect us from the evil one. He cannot take us from his hand. But that doesn't mean that the evil one is not in charge of the world system that we live in, in the culture, because in fact he is. We can know, Greek word, adon, factually, we can know who controls the world culture. And by the way, that's true no matter what country you live in. There are no Christian countries, if by that we mean countries that reflect the purpose of God and are surrendered to his purpose and will. No, no. The whole world, no matter where we find ourselves, is in the hands and the power of the evil one. John, under direction of the Holy Spirit, is reminding us of this at the concluding part of the book. He wants us to see the truth about the culture around us, to see the world as it really is. And remember, the word world here, Greek word cosmos, is not referring to the mountains and the trees and the lakes and the oceans. No, it's referring to the culture, the human systems, the sociological realities, the people. He is saying all that permeates you, that seeks to conform you, as Romans 12 puts it, all of that is coming ultimately from the evil one. At times, it may seem pretty neutral or even positive, but God says, don't kid yourself. The world system, godless and apart from me, is all ultimately under the power of the evil one. That's why earlier in 1 John in the second chapter, God made such a point of challenging us as his children not to love, set our affections on the world. Remember verses 15 to 17 in chapter 2, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Join me tomorrow as we continue to talk a bit more about knowing the truth about the world culture that we're in and then continue on forward in these verses, concluding our study of 1 John. God bless.